Welcome everyone, so good to have all of you joining us online today. And today we're continuing a conversation that addresses this question, what is the best way to react to circumstances that create anxiety, fear, worry, or stress? And as we said over the last few weeks, this series is so important in this season because in times of uncertainty, what you believe about God, it really does determine how you react to your circumstances, which is why if there's just one thing you take away from this series, it, we hope it is this, that times are uncertain, but God is not. He's still got the whole world in his hands. Now, for the past few weeks, we've been looking in scripture at how Daniel and his three friends have responded to uncertainty. So we've been in the book of Daniel and the man that's been responsible for much of their uncertainty was this Babylonian king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. And while Nebuchadnezzar was this powerful ruler, he was also a very selfish and violent person. In fact, as we talked about last week in our story with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it didn't matter who you were, if you disagreed with Nebuchadnezzar, you were almost sure to be painfully executed. That's just how he ruled, with an iron fist. In fact, the truth is, every time I go back through the stories in the book of Daniel and I come across Nebuchadnezzar, I usually kind of find myself thinking, wow, not only is this guy terrifying, he is also insane. He is cruel. He is prideful. He is so hungry for power and control. In fact, when I read through the book of Daniel and come across Nebuchadnezzar, I usually don't have that much empathy for him. But you know something incredible about Scripture is this, is that time after time in the story of Daniel, God blesses Nebuchadnezzar and he gives him opportunities to know God and have a relationship with him. And what may even be more surprising is that Nebuchadnezzar actually does grow in his understanding and his relationship with God. And here's why we're looking at this story in chapter four today. We think that by paying attention to how he responds to God, that we too, in our season of uncertainty, we can have a better understanding of God as well. Because here's one thing I know about a crisis like this that our world is facing right now. A crisis reveals how little control we really have over our lives. Think about it. We, we all like to think that our life and, and our world, we're in control of everything. We have our own world in our own hands. But then all it takes is you get that one phone call, you see that one news report, and we're all left with how do we react now? There's the thing, I don't know how you're totally reacting to this COVID-19 crisis. And I don't know how it's affecting your life, your sense of peace, your sense of self, or your sense of control. But here's what I do know, that God works in and through every circumstance in our life. And it could be that God wants to use this time of uncertainty to remind you that even though you're not in control, God is. He's still got the whole world in his hands. So today what we want to do is we want to share another story with you from the life of Daniel that really does help us answer the question that we've been asking for weeks, and that is this, what is the best way to react to circumstances that create anxiety, fear, worry, or stress? 
Now we find this story, as we said, in Daniel chapter 4. And here's the interesting thing about this story. It's a story about, and it is written by King Nebuchadnezzar himself. So this story is about King Nebuchadnezzar, and it is written by King Nebuchadnezzar. And he talks about how his world was turned upside down. And I think it's just important because there's some things that we 21st century control freaks can kind of learn from, I think, one of history's biggest kings of control. In fact, here's how the story begins. Chapter 4, verse 4. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous. Now, don't miss what Nebuchadnezzar is saying here. He's saying, I'm contented and I'm prosperous. I mean, he's saying, it's the way things ought to be for a king. Literally, things are going my way. And the truth is, this is the way that we normally expect things to be or should be for us, don't we? Like we expect to build our own little palaces, our own little homes, our own little lives, to be contented and reasonably well off and mostly in control of our lives. But then notice verse 5. I had a dream that made me afraid. I was lying in my bed in that place of safety and that place where you feel secure. When you go to bed, that's, you feel safe and secure most of the time. He says, I was lying in my bed. The images and the visions that passed through my mind terrified me. Now, I don't want you to miss the idea here that's being painted for us. See, we can feel so secure, we can feel so self-confident, we can feel so at ease, we, we can feel contented and prosperous. And then in a moment, something as quick as a dream, it can turn our worlds upside down. In fact, that's what happened in Nebuchadnezzar's life. Let's look at what the dream was. He says, I looked and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height, notice how this, this tree is described. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and on it was food for all. Under it, the beasts of the field found shelter, and the birds of the air lived in its branches. From it, every creature was fed. Now, this tree, in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it represented his power. This tree, it talks about it being enormous, large, it's strong, it's full of fruit, and it's providing for everyone in the kingdom. Now, here's the reality. We wouldn't expect any harm to come to a tree like this, something strong, something fruitful, something that's helpful. In fact, most of the time, we wouldn't even want something bad to come to a tree like this. But then something unexpected happens. Let's go back to the dream. He says, before me was a messenger coming down from heaven. He called out in a loud voice. Here's what he said. Cut down the tree and trim off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches. In other words, everything is about to change for this tree and seemingly for the worse. But you got to understand something. The messenger the dream isn't finished. There's a point to this dream, something that God wants to accomplish in Nebuchadnezzar's life. And I think if we lean in closely here, it's something that he wants to accomplish in our lives as well through this crisis. Look at the next verse. The decision is announced by the messengers. 
The holy ones declare the verdict. Here's the verdict. So that the living may know the most high is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of men. Literally, what the messenger is saying is, Nebuchadnezzar, you need to pay attention to this dream and you need to learn from the symbol of this tree that any control, any authority, any role, any privilege, any benefit, any opportunity that we have in life, it is a gift from God. Now, here's the thing. Nebuchadnezzar, he may have been a control freak, but he was no dummy. So when he woke up, he calls all his chief advisors around to help him interpret this dream. And among these advisors was Daniel. So Daniel listens to Nebuchadnezzar tell this dream. And then he gives this interpretation in verse 22. Here's what he says. You, O king, are that tree. This is a decree that the Most High has issued against my Lord, the King. You'll be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You'll eat grass like cattle and be drenched with the dew of heaven seven times. Now, this word or this phrase, seven times, we, we don't know if that means months or seasons or years. Most likely it was years that Nebuchadnezzar would experience. You could say something like social distancing. I mean, hopefully for us, seven times won't be seven months, especially uh, in, in our context. It's like, no, that would be way too long, right? But I want you to notice the next part of the verse. He says, seven times will pass for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. And then he goes on. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. And I love that last line. When you acknowledge that heaven rules. And what Daniel is saying to Nebuchadnezzar through the interpretation of this dream, he's saying, Nebuchadnezzar, you think that you are in control. You think that you've conquered all these other nations by your own might, by your own power. You think you've acquired all this kingdom by your own strength. But he's saying, God is going to show you that even though you are the king of the greatest empire of the earth in this moment in time, everything you have is a gift from God. And he says, until you acknowledge that, that heaven rules, you will be cut down like a tree. You know what God is doing here? God is teaching Nebuchadnezzar and every one of us. That any control that you have, any authority, any role, any benefit, any opportunity, any blessing that you have in life, it is a gift from God. You, you don't have it because you earned it or because you deserved it. You are just the manager of that gift from God. But you know what? You and I, we, we all know this. This is such a hard lesson to learn. Because even if you're a Christ follower, I mean, think about it. How many times have you said to God, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you completely. But we all know giving up your sense of control and trusting God completely, it can be a frightening thing. It's why we keep going back and trying to get control, especially in seasons of anxiety like this. I mean, God is not tangible. And so we're looking for something tangible to help us feel like we're in control. 
Now, the result of this is that Nebuchadnezzar, he responds to the dream in, in probably the same way that many of us would. In the next few verses, it kind of opens up that he, he talks to God and he says, you're right. I mean, God, you're in control and, and I'm going to trust you with my life. And, and so many of us, we've done that. And he might have even trusted a God for a while with his life or might have trusted God for a while with his life. But then he goes right back to trying to control his own world, just like so many of us do. Look at verse 29. Here's what it says. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he says, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? And I think all of us are kind of feeling the same kind of, oh no, I can't believe you're even thinking that, Nebuchadnezzar, after that dream 12 months ago, much less saying it out loud. But before we get too judgmental here, this is not just Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, it's all of us. In fact, if you went through the hurricane, you understand this. It's like you went through the season where everything was collapsing around you and you said, okay, God, you're in control. I give you full control. And then all of a sudden, it's like you start getting your feet under you. And maybe some of us forgot that everything that we had is a blessing from God. But don't miss this. But you see, this is how, all, how God oftentimes uses interruptions, like the crisis that we're in, to change our focus back to him and in doing so, grow our faith. See, telling us that he's in control, it doesn't often work. You know why? Because we all, so many times, we do like Nebuchadnezzar. We agree, we go, yeah, God is in control and I'm gonna trust him with my life and I'm gonna focus him on him from now on and I'm gonna trust God completely. But then what we do is we go our own way and we don't really let the information about God being in control settle into our hearts and take control of our minds in a way that causes us to trust him completely. And here's why I believe that this interruption in Nebuchadnezzar's life is so important for us to learn from. It is this, is that interruptions often produce the growth or the transformation that information can't. Don't miss that. Interruptions in our life that God allows, not necessarily causes, but God allows, interruptions in our life often produce the growth or the transformation that information alone can't produce. See, God informed Nebuchadnezzar through a dream, a very clear dream. And then he gave him a very clear interpretation of that dream. But that information was not enough. So God allows this interruption to come into Nebuchadnezzar's life. In fact, look at what happens in verse 31 where we pick up the story. The words were still on his lips. When a voice from heaven came and said, this is what is decreed for you. King Nebuchadnezzar, your royal authority has been taken from you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. Literally, 
God has interrupted your life or allowed this interruption in your life because information was not enough to produce the transformation, the faith that you needed to have your life focused on God so that you could be better at life and have a better life because you're allowing God to be in control. And please hear my heart on this. If God will interrupt the most powerful king in the world to teach all the nations of the world that he alone is in control of this world, don't think for a moment that God won't use the interruptions in our lives to remind us and teach us that we need to let go of the illusion of control and trust completely in him. And so what Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream, it it happens. He, he loses control of himself. He, he becomes insane. He becomes like a wild animal living in a field instead of under a roof. He's eating grass. He's letting his hair and his nails grow long. Some of you are experiencing the hair, hopefully not that the nails. But, and it, it might have continued that way forever, except that Nebuchadnezzar did what we all wish we could do during times of uncertainty. Because in times of uncertainty, we try to reach out and take more control of things. But you know what Nebuchadnezzar did? He let go of his desire to control and he put his trust in God. Look at verse 34. Here's what it says. At the end of that time, the the seven times, the seven months, the seven years or the seven seasons. He says, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, don't miss this next line. It's so powerful. I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. I I just want you to think about this. One One of the greatest definitions of insanity is the illusion that we have control over our lives. And Nebuchadnezzar He recognizes it. He says, at the end of that time, I raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. And notice what he does next. He said, then I praised the Most High. I honored and I glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. And I don't want you to miss this. Because what Nebuchadnezzar is saying is he's saying, do you, do you know how God likes to use our times of uncertainty? He said, basically saying he likes to use them to remind us that we are not in control, to remind us that we didn't earn all of our blessings, to remind us that we are not where we're at by our own strength and by our own effort. No. See, for most of us, our illusion of control, it is so ingrained. That just like Nebuchadnezzar, it takes God allowing seasons of interruptions to get our attention that we're not in control, but heaven rules. So here's the question that starts making this story really personal and really practical for us today. And that is this, what is getting interrupted in your life? right now. And some of you are sitting there listening and watching. You're thinking, what's not getting interrupted right now? But let's go a little bit deeper than just this surface level. See, the way that interruptions often reveal themselves is through what I call exhausting emotions. 
In other words, one of the ways that I know that I'm trying to be in control of my life and that God is allowing this interruption in my life in order to get my attention is through what I'm going to call an exhausting emotion. So like what in your life seems harder to adjust to than it should be? It's just exhausting you. So where are you so frustrated? Where are you so aggravated? Where are you so angry that it is just exhausting you emotionally? See, here's what I've discovered in my life. Most of the time, whenever I'm experiencing an exhausting emotion, an emotion like anger or resentment or frustration or um, agitation or irritation at something going on in my life, maybe feeling overwhelmed or stressed out, whatever the exhausting emotion is, I have to ask myself this question. Could it be that I am trying to hang on to control in a certain area and God is allowing this emotion to reveal to me that this is an area I need to let go and let God be in control? Could it be that God is trying to grow my faith in him in this area? Could it be that in the area of your greatest exhausting emotion, that disappointment, that frustration, that aggravation, that irritation, whatever exhausting emotion you're feeling, could it be that God is trying to show you, hey, you still have an illusion of control or you're still trying to control, you're still trying to be God in your own life. And if you'll just let go, I'll heal you and I'll help you. Because here's the reality, and this is the beautiful thing about this story. God cared enough for this violent, vicious king called Nebuchadnezzar to continue to reach out to him and reach out to him in order so that Nebuchadnezzar could have a relationship with him. And here's what you can be sure of. God loves every one of us as much as he loved Nebuchadnezzar. And so you can be sure that he will allow any interruption in any one of our lives into our little kingdoms, our little careers, our family, our business. And as we discovered in our church, if we get so caught up in our own little achievements until we like Nebuchadnezzar recognize and cry out, heaven rules. And the truth is, when you really stop and think about this, do do you really want to rule your own life? (laughs) Because I mean, like, if you think about ruling your own life, like, do you want to be limited by your strength, by your ability, by your finances, by your health, by your mental capacity, your resources? Or, Or do you want the God of infinite strength and ability and love to rule in your life? Now, here's why this is so important. Because see, we can go through this season of uncertainty and we can react to our current situation the way that we tend to react. And that is we try to gain more control and and we try to hold on to something tangible in our life. Or you can leverage this uncertainty and you can turn it to your advantage. Because here's why. When you give up your illusion of control, of power, of privilege, of safety, and you put your faith in God, what will happen is you will come out on the other side of this crisis with a better life and you will be so much better at life because God is in control and you won't feel like that you have to control the whole world with your limited ability and with your hands. And please understand this. God is not using this coronavirus to punish us. He's not using this coronavirus to punish you. 
But he does want to use this coronavirus, if you'll let him, to grow you in your relationship with him. So again, what is getting interrupted in your life right now? What is that exhausting emotion that is about to take you out? And what is that pointing to that you're trying to control instead of allowing God to have control in that area of your life? And then as you continue to process this question, I just want to challenge you to do as Nebuchadnezzar did and raise your eyes toward heaven. And you know what that means for you and me? It means this, that you change your view and you show gratitude to God for what you can't control. You change your view. You quit looking around at everything that's going on around you and, and where you feel like you're losing control. And instead, you show gratitude to God like Nebuchadnezzar did, where he said, I praise the Most High God. I honored him. He said, I gave gratitude to him, saying, God, I'm not in control, but you are because your kingdom, it's going to endure forever. And so I thank you, God, for being that kind of God in my life. Now, maybe for some of you, that area that makes you feel like life is out of control and maybe it's your job. Maybe, maybe you've lost your job or you're afraid that you're going to lose your job. Or for some of you, maybe your marriage was on the rocks before you ever got there or into this situation. And maybe for you, you're, you're feeling more tension and, and, and more difficulty in your marriage than, than you've ever felt. And you're, you're just kind of done. And maybe for some of you, it's your kids. You're thinking, man, parenting shouldn't be this hard. It just absolutely should not be this hard. And you're just stressed to the max. Or maybe for some of you, it's your finances. You're going, God, I, I got to get control of my finances. This world's out of control. and I don't know how I'm going to make it. Here's my challenge to you. Well, whatever that thing is that is creating that exhausting emotion in your life, whatever is interrupting you, would you lean into it? and say, God, this is out of my control. My job, my marriage, my kids, my, my finances, my future, all of that's out of my out of control. I, I'm giving it to you, God. I am surrendering it to you. I am lifting my eyes toward heaven. And God, I ask you to reveal to me the thing that I've taken for granted so long. And that is that you still got the whole world in your hands. Will you turn the control of your life over to God and exchange your view of life for gratitude for who God is? Because you got to remember this, the most high, he is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. His dominion is eternal. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. And I'm telling you, when we remember this, that everything we have is a gift from God and he is in control, our sanity will be restored. And what we mean by that is all those exhausting emotions will begin to be minimized. And then you can think again, you can breathe again, you can trust again, because you know that God has still got the whole world in his hands. Listen, I can promise you this. This disease, the social distancing, the, the bombardment from the media, the, the politics, I'm telling you, if that's your view, 
It will drive you crazy and it will exhaust you if you try to figure out how to have some control in the middle of all of that. And if you're just doing life, waiting for all this to be over so that you can have your little kingdom back again, I promise you, you are going to go through this experience exhausted, possibly even burnt out. But here's the thing. If you will lift your eyes to heaven in this season, and if you will give thanks to God for who he is, that his dominion is an eternal dominion, his kingdom, it endures from generation to generation, that he is sovereign over the kingdom of men, I promise you, and give thanks to God for that, you will sleep better, you, you will yell at your kids less, your, your marriage will get better, and you'll have greater confidence in the future. So the question again that we've been asking through this series, what is the best way to react to circumstances that create anxiety, fear, worry, or stress? What you do is you lean in to the interruption. You find that exhausting emotion and you move from panic to gratitude that God still got the whole world in his hands. You trust God because he does. And just like Nebuchadnezzar, you turn your eyes toward heaven and you recognize that God is still in control. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible lesson from a guy who was the king of control. That's what he was all about. God, you, you restored to him his authority, his leadership, when he recognized that heaven rules. God, none of us like this season of uncertainty, this, this crisis, this pandemic that we're experiencing. But I pray that you'll help all of us to lean in, find that exhausting emotion, figure out where we're still trying to be in control and have control. And then like Nebuchadnezzar, May we sincerely, with eyes and hearts, turn toward heaven. Surrender that to you. And remember that you still have the whole world in your hands. And we don't have to. We can trust you no matter what. I pray that you will help us to begin that journey of truly trusting you as we go through this season of uncertainty. God, may you embed that trust, that faith, that focus on you so deep into our hearts and our minds that when we come out of this season, God, our trust, our focus will still be on you. We won't try to take our little kingdoms back, but we'll still be focused on your kingdom. And God, that'll make us so much better at life and make life so much better for all of us. We thank you. And we praise you for your Holy Spirit helping us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Know that we're praying for you daily. And also, don't forget, parents, you have the opportunity to make sure that you're leading your children spiritually right now. So make sure you go online and look at the resources and use those to lead your children today as well. Have a great day. We'll see you.